Please sit comfortably. Evening, everyone. Uh, just a very brief talk tonight. The title is What You Resist Is What You Get. <laughs> and um, it's a line I took from um, an essay I was reading this afternoon. Um, uh, it was a series of essays on spiritual matters and meditation and so on. And one of them that took my fancy is um, was an essay by um, Roger Walsh. You probably haven't heard of him. Um, he's, he's quite well known in terms of um, meditation research and so on in California. He's actually Australian and he's a psychiatrist. And um, he goes through talking about what his, um, his uh, first-hand experiences were of taking up meditation as a practice. So it's very interesting hearing it from a psychiatrist because he's got the, the language to try and make sense of the, those changes, do you know, that actually, or those experiences he had in the very beginning. And it's also good to know that a psychiatrist is like the rest of us and experiences anxiety, etc. Um, but um, one of the things that he, he first of all, he said that. Um, it took him about two years of meditating before he actually started to recognise it was making any kind of difference. And um, that's, a, that's a good point just to begin with, you know, in terms of the, the patience that's actually required um, to do this if, you, if you're relatively new at it. Um, you, you, don't, you don't necessarily see, necessarily see any dramatic change occurring but it's something, if you do it long enough, something starts to shift, and it did for him. And um, what, one of the things that he discovered at first was that um, he had far more anxiety and fear than he actually realised he did. And uh, that when he stopped still and looked into his experience, he could see anxiety firing up, you know, all the time in his body and so on. And then after a considerable period of, of practicing meditation on a daily basis, it all started to calm down and the anxiety started to go away. Um, and then he freaked out because there wasn't any anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he said not only was there no anxiety, but there was no scanner looking for the anxiety as well. It's like if we've got a scanner in there that's always looking out for danger all the time, you know, we find it somewhere, we always find it somewhere. So, um, yes, what if there's no more anxiety? What then? <laughs> uh -huh. was one of his first experiences. And, it, I, I mean, seriously, that is, that is one of the barriers that people actually need to go through, you know, when you consider taking up meditation practices. We, we're so familiar with the internal dialogue and that anxiety, and when it empties out, um, there, there's a kind of um, disturbance that occurs. Um, meditation, as we all know, is an emptying out kind of experience. Um, but not everyone can empty their mind out. And I have people who see me as clients who have tried meditation and they're, so, they're just so restless that they get flooded with anxiety and they find it very difficult to stay with it. And sometimes the best they can do is to fill their mind up, 
right, rather than emptying the mind. But then as he, as he went further into it, he also started to find that um, life seemed rather meaningless. You know, and he would look at he would look at objects around him, trees or people or whatever, and and the his old view of looking at the world that's fallen away and it seemed very very meaningless. And what he recognised, as we recognise, is that when we're looking at things or hearing things, we have um, an internal dialogue that's going on about them. And we have categories and so on, and words and so on that we're so uh, identified with that that's all that all helps us make sense of the world around us. And when you meditate for long enough, and all that just sort of dies down, and you get below that conceptual level, well, then our our normal way of, of viewing the world through concepts is gone. And, and initially it, it can create a sense of meaninglessness for people. I've, I've certainly experienced that when I did my first session. And um, I remember going outside and went, whoa, you know, it's like everything's empty. Mm-hmm. And it was very disconcerting in a way. But that's what occurs as well. We, we go below that. Well, that it's like we still conceptualise but the noise inside isn't as loud, do you know, and it's not so dominant. But before we meditate or took it up, it's like we're so caught up in our conceptual mind that's trying to make sense and categorise everything that, that we're so identified that that's, that's our experience. With meditation, as it empties out, first it seems meaningless, um, but then it takes on a different type of meaning. You know, it's like it speaks to us itself this meaning without having to make sense of it. It's not intellectual meaning. It's just meaningful in itself. And one of the other things um, he talks about too is um, uh, with with this experience of meaningless and going into his own meditation is, is actually experiencing some forms of depression. And then what he did and again, we can experience it ourselves. You have some kind of pain or depression or whatever, and as you actually go into the felt sense of it and the sensations of it, it's like, what is it? Like, what, what is it? What is this thing that I call depression? And what he, what he realised is that his mind was making something into depression. Like there is a, there was a set of body sensations and they might have been unpleasant but that the mind creates a whole um, conceptual framework about it which then gives it a life of its own keeps it going one of the things also being a being a psychiatrist he had a fear that if he meditated that um, he, he, he would go into what he called a Freudian nightmare is that his, his unconscious would be released and he would be overwhelmed by all this unconscious material and go mad, which he didn't. And what he found is instead of it being a nightmare, is that more he allowed the unconscious to bubble up, it was actually something positive. Do you know, there was something underneath there, there was something which upheld him rather than something that was threatening. And another fear that came up along the way is that if he kept sitting... And, start, and kept getting these insights and being more committed to med- meditation practice, 
is that he would become um, more lonely because there would be less and less people that he could relate to in the world because <laughs> not many people meditate. Uh-huh. And that there would be a sense of isolation that came with that, that rarefied experience. But again, it actually turned out to be different because he fell into a sought out teachers and a sangha and community and actually increased his, um, his, his sense of connectedness with others. And lastly, um, this, this wasn't his fear, but maybe he, he took it in, is that he had a, a close network of colleagues or other, other psychiatrists who would meet and so on. And they, <coughs> psychiatrists, generally speaking, can tend to be rather conservative people. And uh, his colleagues, with all the best intentions, thought that if he kept this up, he wouldn't be able to function as a psychiatrist. <laughs> but he proved them wrong. But it's a, it's, a good, it's a good little account that reminds us of um, the journey we sort of take, particularly when, we, when we're new to meditation, those first few years where um, unless you can talk to other people like in a sangha or a teacher that's been through it, um, you could you could be put off the practice, and you could just find that there there are barriers that you won't go through, you know, and, and something's wrong with you, or there's something wrong with meditation. But the more these things can actually be talked about um, and shared, then it gives us a way to understand what's really going on and to move through it. Because it, in 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 summary. Meditation is an emptying of the mind experience, and most of what we do in our life actually fills up our mind. So it's actually a reverse of that process, and we we become we lose our bearings in it for a while, because we're going from something which is habitual to something new. Um, but in that newness is a is a groundedness and a and a connectedness and a meaningfulness. Um, which was deeper than what we had before. We've all had those experiences of one kind or another. <laughs>